pay her $500 each month for as long as she lived. And in return, he would secure ownership of her apartment in Arles, France, even though she could continue to live in it. It's a common thing they do in France. It benefits both the buyer and a senior citizen who's on a limited fixed income. Unfortunately for Mr. Raffray, things didn't go quite as he had planned. The future didn't turn out as he thought it would. For you see, Jean Calmet lived on and on and on. In fact, she lived on to become the world's oldest person, a super centenarian, and still alive at 120. She outlived Henri-Francois Raffray, her notary, who died in December of 1995 at the young age of 77. He had paid Mrs. Calmet $184,000 over a period of 30 years for an apartment he never occupied. And according to the contract, Rough Ray's survivors must continue payments until Mrs. Calmet passes away, which finally occurred at the age of 122 in 1997. Now, how was he to know that he would enter into a contract with someone who would become the world's oldest human? We don't know what tomorrow will bring, do we? If we're depending upon tomorrow to deliver our hopes and dreams, we may be highly disappointed. One time, a room of a hundred people were asked to think back to the days of their early adulthood when they were first formulating a plan for their lives. Those would be the days when life would begin to take shape. That would include education, marriage, occupation, family life, and all the components that go into establishing a foundation for the years to come. It would be called Plan A, the fate that they were sure they had in store. Those 100 people were then asked to raise their hands if they were still following this plan. Only one person confessed that she was still living Plan A. But she was a 23-year-old. And I think when I was 23, I may have still been living Plan A myself. Well, good for her. But everyone else in the room was living Plan B or Plan C or D. By the way, which plan are you on by now? My wife and I were recently sitting with a dear friend whose wife has suffered from Alzheimer's disease for several years. It seems that she's now reached the point where she isn't sure who he is, her husband of over 60 years. And with a fair measure of pain in his voice, he, he said, no one ever told, told them that this would happen. It's plan B for sure.
The year 2020 has been a change in everyone's plan, hasn't it? Last Christmas, we had no idea that in a few short weeks, the whole world would be changed. Millions would be furloughed from their work. Incomes would cease. Retirement accounts would plummet. Travel plans would be canceled. And all of this on a massive global scale. I know one family that was looking forward to a trip to Paris at spring break time, mainly to visit art museums and enjoy family together. But then it became dangerous to fly. And travel became one way out of Europe for most Americans. As we navigate these uncharted waters these days, it's good to hearken to some practical words from Scripture. And I've chosen to make a few comments from Proverbs 27 and verse 1, which will give us something to think about today. It says simply, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Have you discovered that? Proverbs is a Bible book that teaches us the highest spiritual wisdom. Proverbs doesn't tell us much about the world to come. In fact, it only mentions heaven in one verse. It speaks about how to live now. It's about life on planet Earth, the time present, this life. Proverbs would make us wise for this world while we live here. It should not be that the children of the kingdom are more careless about life than the children of darkness. It is well to live a life marked by wisdom. To me, Proverbs is the most enlightening book in the Bible on practical living. And today we're just looking at that one proverb. Do not boast about tomorrow. Why? Well, there are several reasons. First of all, tomorrow is a treasure we do not have. Therefore, it is foolish to glory in it. There's an old wise saying about not counting your chickens until when? Until they hatch. Tomorrow is something that has not hatched. So it's foolish to boast about it or expect too much from it. <clears throat> the word boast, it describes an attitude. It's an attitude of self-trust or self-assurance with regard to the future. Reminds me of that rich farmer who, who said that he was just planning to build bigger barns to accommodate the, the, un, the oncoming harvest that he was expecting to reap and instead of sharing his plenty with the poor. Even though many days have come to us and we expect life to continue as always from day to day, it's not certain that we will see another day. Days are not like links in a chain. One does not ensure the next. 
Each day is a separate birth. There are no twin days. Today has no sibling. It stands alone. And tomorrow comes alone. What were people doing on December 6, 1941? The descriptions of Honolulu make it sound like it was a gorgeous weekend. Were there some making plans for weddings, outings at the beach, picnics with friends? At the behest of a commanding officer, Arliss Cole went Christmas shopping. It was a quiet day at Pearl Harbor. The captain told us that whoever wanted to go ashore to buy Christmas presents for our mothers, our families, our friends, must, must do that this Saturday night, said Cole, who was 17 at the time. So he went out and brought several gifts back to the ship and put them on top of his locker. But those presents were lost forever the following day. At about 8 a.m. the next morning, he heard some strange noises and he heard some explosions. Over on Ford Island, black smoke was coming up from the airport. And within minutes, someone yelled, We're under attack! That day, December 7, 1941, has truly been a day which has lived in infamy. When Americans are asked what September 10, 2001 was like, many call that Monday normal, ordinary, just a normal summer day, one man said. Rob Quillen from Omaha, Nebraska, was a software salesperson. On September 10, he was on a flight to New York for an annual sales meeting. And, and on the flight, he sat next to a man with whom he enjoyed a, a very interesting conversation. They talked about their kids. They talked about their families. And they talked about NASCAR and other things that two men would enjoy talking about. When they exchanged business cards, it turned out that the man was the United Airlines captain, Jason Dahl. The next morning, on September 11, Captain Dahl would pilot United Flight 93, the one that crashed in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. A day that had a beautiful blue sky, no wind, gorgeous sunshine, but terrible tragedy. Tomorrow is a treasure we do not have. We don't know what the next day will bring. We can't depend on it. Therefore, we shouldn't boast about it. The Bible talks about days that are evil. Ephesians 6.13 says to 
Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. So there must be days that are evil. There are days that come to us that are simply, unbelievably evil. Could it be tomorrow? Who can know? There's a second reason that we should not boast about tomorrow. It is hurtful to us now if we do. Trusting in the future handicaps the present. Boasting about tomorrow spoils today. Look at that man who is hoping to do great things in the future. Well, he's not doing much in the present. Look at that man who intends to make a fortune someday. Well, he's not even saving $10 a week now. Look at that individual who plans to go on a diet tomorrow. Well, he's not cutting many calories today. Listen to the young man who expects to gain a great inheritance from his rich uncle one of these days. And we never see him budgeting his income in the meantime. See what I mean? Boasting of tomorrow handicaps us today. It hinders wise living today. It wastes all of our energies on tomorrow, leaving us no time or energy to reap the fields of the present simply because we're waiting for those heavy harvests of the future. Boasting of tomorrow lets today's wealth go by because of an expected greater wealth in the future. Therefore, <clears throat> therefore we are, we're hindered, we're handicapped in the present. If we spend so much time building castles in the air, we have no stones with which to build even a shack on the ground in the real world, in the real time, the time of today. Even worse than that, boasting about tomorrow has led some into extraordinary extravagance. And here we can talk about installment debt. Our culture is crazy about credit cards. How many have said, you know, really, I can't pay for this which I now purchase, but I will tomorrow. For tomorrow I will roll in wealth. Maybe tomorrow I'll be very rich. A lucky turn will lift my ship off this sandbar. How many spend what they're going to have, or, or rather what they will never have? What is this? This is just boasting about tomorrow. Tomorrow will save me. All my hope is in tomorrow. How much damage is done today because of trust in tomorrow? There is more. <clears throat> Boasting of tomorrow not only hurts today, it ends up also hurting tomorrow. Do you know why? Because as sure as you live, you will be disappointed in tomorrow. 
Tomorrow won't be as grand as you think. It won't be the solution to all your problems as you imagine. I'm thinking now of the world of politics and business. In the arena of society, we have many forces that require governance and leadership and oversight. One of the biggest challenges a new leader faces is expectations. And we see it rise every election cycle. Not only this cycle, but every cycle. As long as it's been, it's always this way. Confidence is placed in someone who promises to solve our problems in society or with the business or with the department, whatever it may be. And how can that poor person possibly measure up to all the unrealistic expectations. Problems will continue. Some will be solved, <clears throat> but then others will arise, perhaps more so, and people become disappointed. They become disillusioned with leaders. So it is with tomorrow. We fill it full of expectations. We put all of our confidence in it. Today, ah, it is nothing. Tomorrow, it is solid gold. Today, get rid of it. Tomorrow, it will come laden with blessing and wealth and the solutions to all our problems. But then, tomorrow comes, and it doesn't measure up. We're disappointed. Sometimes tomorrow comes with storms and, and clouds and, and darkness when we expected it to be full of light and sunshine. Now, let's, let's turn the subject slightly and, and think about the danger of boasting about tomorrow in a spiritual sense. There are people who think that it will be easier to come to God tomorrow than it is today. Remember Governor Felix? He told the Apostle Paul that he would send for him at a more convenient season. Many a sinner thinks that just now is not the right time to turn, to repent. Maybe tomorrow will be better. Well, that's a false theory. If it's not easy now, how will it be easier later? Is a diet easier tomorrow? If you don't have time to be healthy now, when are you going to find time to be sick? The danger is evil and habit tighten their grip with every passing day. And so it becomes ever more difficult to escape their bondage. If you say it would be so easy to seek God tomorrow, why not seek Him today? Every day of our lives drives another rivet into our character and our eternal state. And as far as we can tell, it becomes less and less likely that we can break our patterns and burst the chains that bind us as time goes on. Do not boast of tomorrow, 
thinking that it would be much easier to follow God tomorrow. This is one of Satan's lies. It will only get more and more difficult. Another way we boast of tomorrow in a spiritual sense is to think that we have plenty of time to turn and get right with God. There are some who say, when it comes time to die and I get on my deathbed, then I will say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. How do you know you will die in a bed? And how do you know it will be a long time from now? No one knows. Coleman Mockler is considered today as a model of an effective CEO. A Harvard Business School graduate with an MBA, he had gone to work for the Gillette Corporation and steadily worked his way up the ladder to CEO. Although Gillette had, had been in existence for 75 years, Coleman Mockler took the company to new heights. Under his management, they came to dominate the market. And probably all of us have Philips, I mean Gillette, Gillette products in our homes. After 16 years as CEO, Coleman was at the top of the world. Forbes magazine had just put him on the cover of their next issue, celebrating his leadership and success. The magazine wouldn't hit newsstands for another week, but on the morning of January 25, 1991, they had sent him an advance copy to review. The rest of the executives literally applauded him as he carried the magazine back to his office. In so many ways, it was a fantastically good day for Coleman Mockler. Decades of work had brought him to this point. He had revolutionized the company. He had increased the value of Gillette's stock 50-fold. He was literally celebrated on the cover of the business world. He would be retiring in just a few months with millions in the bank. There he was on the mountaintop of success. But there was one thing that made it an unexpectedly tragic day. With his staff applauding, Coleman walked down the hall, stepped into his office, shut the door, and crumpled to the floor. Within moments, he was dead. He was dead from a massive heart attack, still clutching the Forbes magazine that had featured him on the cover. The date on the magazine was February 4, 1991. He died on January 25. Who was to know? Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day 
may bring forth. As we close, I want to share a proper use of tomorrow. We've been kind of hard on tomorrow today, but is there a good way that we can look at tomorrow? Yes, there is. First off, a Christian can look at tomorrow with confidence and peace. We can say, I don't boast about tomorrow, but I'm not frightened by it either. God knows what tomorrow will bring, and I'm not afraid because my life is safe. My life is secure in His hands. Can you say that today? Is everything okay with you today so that you have no fear and no worry about tomorrow? A Christian can also look forward to tomorrow with joy because tomorrow is one day nearer to heaven. Today may be loaded with sorrow and pain and affliction, but, but, but tomorrow is coming. A better day is coming. And one of these tomorrows will be the first day of eternity. Do not boast about tomorrow, but rather gain comfort from it. On a tomorrow, Christ will come. Won't that be a glorious day? Won't that be a wonderful tomorrow? On a wonderful tomorrow, we'll be next to Christ, walking with him beside those still waters in the green pastures. Are you looking to the future with this hope, this hope in your heart? It will be on a tomorrow coming soon. So this is the proper use of tomorrow. We need not be afraid of it. With tomorrow's difficulties will be tomorrow's help. With tomorrow's foes, tomorrow's friends. With tomorrow's need, tomorrow's strength. You know, there's something they always say on television. This is today on NBC. I like that. This is today. We have it. This is today. I have life and breath. This is today. It is mine to live, to give, to invest, to develop, to enjoy to love, to share. Today, Jesus offers you his mercy, and you can receive it today, even now. He's calling your name. He's calling your name. Can you hear it? He's standing next to you. Can you see him there? He has his hand on your shoulder. Can you feel it? He is near to you today. And he says to you, today, if you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Say yes to him. He will wash away your sins, and you'll be ready for eternity should he come even tomorrow. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the practical word of Scripture which counsels us and advises us on how to live. 
I pray we may have our priorities in the proper order. Life is so full of uncertainties. For some, this could have been the last appeal they have heard. For me, this could be my last sermon I've ever preached. How important it is to live close to Jesus each day. Thank you for this proverb which speaks wisdom to our hearts today. And may we face the coming week with confidence that our times are in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen.